Hey, welcome to Wild Wasteland. Hello, hello, hello. I am Dean Maldonado. You're not going to introduce me? Uh, and with me, as always, I guess, is uh, the schlub to my left. This is uh, my good friend. Michael Johnson, yes. yes. Hey, how we doing, yes. Radio World? That's true. We're back. Uh, we are talking about... We are finishing uh, uh, the uh, the last episode, huh? We left off. Yeah, so... With, uh, uh, with the Rainbow Project, right? That we did. Yeah, we had just finished up talking about the Rainbow Project that ended with uh, the very... 1976 Rainbow oh. Project. Like uh, roller skates and uh, short shorts. Yeah, yeah, Studio yeah. Studio 54. Except it was uh, about... Three decades beforehand, and uh, had nothing to do with shorts. But um, well, yeah, we all so we, remember the seventies differently. We we talked about uh about Project Rainbow and how it culminated with uh the the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, flip, flip, Philadelphia. And uh, from from that experiment, they shut down the fe- the the Project Rainbow like entirely. They were like, well, this would is- you blame them? Then like eighty five soldiers uh, sailors die and like they yeah. lost a boat and there was green yeah. mist and yeah and Tesla then like coils. the ones that survived like went fucking crazy and terrible shit happened to them. Yeah, there but- was that fire guy that burned for like eighteen days. Yeah, it was fantastic. Burned right to the hole Insane. of the earth. Uh, but. Remember, we're dealing with uh, 1940s and 1950s nerdy scientists. And U.S. government. And U.S. government. So obviously, <laughs> from the ashes of the of Project Rainbow, rose Project rose the Phoenix Project. So sorry, I was going to call it Project Phoenix. It is not Project Phoenix. You have a voice for radio, but a sensibility for a play. Oh. Yeah. That's Fiat- nice. Thespian. Thank you. I like I I like to consider myself a very very uh, accomplished lesbian. Yeah, um, you just love the scissors. Yeah, and the stage. Excuse you, sir. I am made for acting. Yeah, hell, I can even tell you what the saying "break a leg" actually means. Oh, I don't think we have time for that. I but don't what's think going we on do. with the uh, right. Phoenix so- Project? What? So, pro- so the Phoenix Project, uh, it started in the late 1940s, and all of it is based on the research and findings of this one man, this Austrian scientist named Dr. Wilhelm Reich. All right? Wait. Reich? Yeah, Reich. And he's Austrian. Is he the third? I, I, honestly, I so hope so. Reich the third. Wait, what? <laughs> Hitler would have been like, was ist das? Aust- Austria. Ach, mein brethren. But yeah, so uh, so Dr. Reich was uh, was credited with discovering a uh, very specific type of energy yeah. that is called orgon energy. Now, what is orgon energy? So it's actually kind of funny what orgon energy is. It's it's technically uh, it's also known as what they consider life energy or orgasmic energy. It's very different from wait organs like from the or like organs. Yeah, uh, it's like O R G O N E. Oh, Orgon. Okay. And uh, so the funny thing is that when he published all of his papers and his findings of yeah. the fact that he found Orgon energy and he could show it and he can, you know, uh, he can manipulate it. Yeah. He's like, look at my test tubes. Yeah. He put it out to the to the scientific community and became the immediate laughing stock. Mainly because. What, what do you do? What do you do wrong? <laughs> well, Orgon energy 
uh, oh, is, is is very, especially when this was happening, uh-huh. it was very popular in science fiction as a thing called ether, where effectively you would take organ energy and condense it down to an ether, which would allow for space travel. So okay. the fact that this guy came out and was like, I found it! I found it! It would be kind of like today, like like uh, if Elon Musk was like, sorry, not even Elon, because Elon has a lot of like rep behind him. This guy, this was like his hallmark. Oh. This would be like a scientist coming out today being like, and publishing results of the fact yeah. that he found real metachlorians in people's systems. Oh, And that it somehow influences nature. Oh, that's embarrassing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Jeez, what an idiot. Oh, uh, yeah. That's Just, what everyone thought, except for our government. Oh, yeah, the- the government does not care about marketing. Uh, no. Clearly. Uh, oh, everything they, they title is always something stupid. Like, I remember... F- yeah, what the hell is it called? What? Ah, uh, the internet thing. Like, they just wanted to... They didn't want to pass it or something. They, they did want to pass it. Fuck, I forget what it was. It was something stupid. You talking about neutrality? Yeah, but it had, like, a stupid name to it. Like, Nino or something. Oh, oh. I don't remember what you're talking about. But I forget what it was. <laughs> Because it happened so long ago. Uh, yeah, man. This was, happened like a year or two yeah, ago. Yeah, it was like almost a year ago. Um, but let's go back to the 40s. So <laughs> he became, you know, he became a laughing stock, and That's every single person called bullshit, except for our government. So our government yeah. was like, hey, hey, Dr. Reich, you know, we believe you. Uh, so why don't you tell us everything you know about organ energy, and we'll yeah. try and help you. Sounds like the government. And so, a uh, bunch of greasy crooks. So, Dr. Reich had stated that organ energy was responsible for storms and bad weather because dead organ energy, or what we'll continue to call from the, for the rest of the podcast, DOR, DOR energy, which is dead organ. Door, yeah. I'm not going to call it door. Yeah, door energy. Door. Okay. All right. Uh, well, so he said. Basically, he said that he found huge amounts of it inside of major storms, like thunderstorms and hurricanes. Right. Uh, And oddly enough, he actually noticed that uh, DOR energy was inside people as well. Interesting. Basically, he found that people who were very sullen and depressed Uh had an excess of DOR energy. What's all this door energy you got lying around? No wonder you're sad. You got to open up the door, get all this door out of here. I guess so. You got to air it out. But yeah, yeah I mean, how do you get it out? Is, do you poop it out? Well, no. People who are who are very happy and active are full of organ energy, like live, thriving organ energy. Mm, um, Sounds like a quack, right? Doesn't it? Sounds like bullshit. Sounds Asian. <laughs> it's I actually guess. Austrian. Oh, but so, so <laughs> after enough. after like, I mean, this guy dedicated his life to this research. Man, that's and, really uh, sad. So after tons of research, Dr. Reich actually developed a device that would break up concentrations, like large concentrations of DOR energy. Yeah. And he put it into a weather balloon. Okay. And he would break up and deflect thunderstorms. Oh, yeah, because they're full of door. Exactly, exactly. Ah. So he basically would emit organ energy to push the door energy out. Yeah, now I like, I like how you're calling it door energy. I know, you're now. welcome, yeah. you're welcome. We're finally getting somewhere. You're like sandpaper. You just constantly wear. Uh, it's like sand. It's, it's crasp and it gets everywhere. Yeah, man. Sand is like, you ever think how many sand is on the planet? Like, that, was a, that was a quote from uh, from uh, 
it's Star Wars Episode Two. They're they're in the love scene. That's uh, probably my favorite love scene of all time. But we're not talking about love right now. We're talking about door energy. Yeah. Well, and the fun thing. So here's my favorite part about this whole topic, right? Yeah, I'm liking this. The topic of the Montauk Project is so ingrained in the really the lifeline and the lifeblood of conspiracy. Oh, really? Yeah. Is this the OG conspiracy? Because I've never heard of this. Well, so the fun. So when I tell you this next bit of information, tell me if you've ever heard about people claiming of some group being able to do this. Okay. Uh, the nineteen forties. They're definitely going to be talking about the Jews or the blacks. So, <laughs> so the U.S. government actually at that at this time, not like currently, but you know, in the forties. Yeah, because we don't have one right now. They they went. Oh, we have perfected this shit by now. Um, the U.S. government actually went to Doctor Reich and. They said basically, hey, you know, we love what you're doing. We think that yeah. what you're doing is great. Uh, the weather balloon was a nice touch, but we would like to develop it. And he said, sure, why not? And so they created a device called a radio sound. And now a, a, radio, a radio what? Sound, S O N D E. Sound. Radio sound. Now, what is that? Now, it uses several sensors and a transmitter. And it broadcasts either organ energy mm-hmm. or DOR energy. What? And One or the other of this crazy new they energy? Can, they can pick. They, they really, it basically can channel the energy. But why would you want door energy? That's like the bad energy. Because you can create storms. Oh, my God. Weather manipulation? Yeah. And so with the radio sound. talking about harp? Our government can now, well. Control the weather. Yeah. As of the 40s, they've had the ability to control the weather. Makes you think about Katrina. Yeah, it really does. Again, However, Sandy. the other thing about Katrina is that, you know, you also have to wonder if someone put dynamite on the uh, lower wards. We'll get back to that. It was an inside job, Building 7. S- yeah, I know. Everyone sa- said it sounded like dynamite. Whatever. Uh, okay, at this point, though, in the early 50s, the Phoenix Project actually absorbed all of the scientists that had worked on the Rainbow Project, including our old friend. Uh-oh. Dr. John Von Neumann. Oh, I remember him from the last episode. Yep. So he went from Project Rainbow to the Manhattan Project. Right. And then went to pro- to the Phoenix Project. Man, this guy's getting around. I mean, he was one They're of the- just flying them all over the country. They they loved him. His brain was fantastic. Now, where is so, Project Phoenix being held right now? Do you know? Currently? No, like in, in, the, in the 40s. Oh, in the 40s? So- like Florida or something? So it was actually, it was in Arizona- um and parts of like rural Georgia where there are two testing zones. Okay, all right. Um, because they really just wanted to be in places where there were huge weather patterns coming through. Good for a friend, doc- our doctor friend. He's just getting around. Oh yeah, he gets to see our country. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> but so uh, the shittiest parts. So they combined uh the project. You know, they combined both the research of the projects. So they combined all the research that they accumulated on Project Rainbow and added it to all they've known through Doctor Reich. With the Phoenix Project. Yeah. So it's like a Phoenix Rainbow. Uh, kind of. But they actually, in doing that, unlocked that secret that I mentioned at the end of the last episode. This is when they unlocked the understanding of how to keep a person sane when they go through an electromagnetic bottle. Uh, door energy. No, it's actually by having what's called a uh, an Earth reference point. Now what the fuck is that? Basically, when you're born... 
Earth has its own electromagnetic field. Yeah. When you're born, your body and your mind, mm-hmm. two separate entities at that point, because yeah. one is being fed off your mother and one is growing on its own. Right. When you are, you know, kicked out of the womb finally and you land on on Earth, that is your Earth reference point. Ah, Effectively, it up. Yeah, your body and your mind sync based off of where and when in that electromagnetic field you came into the world. This is like... And a lot of people, they think that what that effectively does from a uh, evolutionary standpoint mm-hmm. is it kind of just like the fact that human bodies do that is because it allows them to kind of understand the concept and ground them with the concept that I am a person. I am a person. I yeah. am on Earth. I am here. I, this is then. Okay. Because that's so, the difference between us and monkeys, right? Is that we know we have those abilities to think I have this thought, mm-hmm. but this thought is not me. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, we have that ability. We, we just have a very developed brain. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, and then in 1967, they, uh, they finalized their research of the Phoenix Project, where mm-hmm. they combined all of it, right? And they sent a report to Congress, which stated that the human mind could be altered using electromagnetics. And Congress was like, well, yeah, what a finding. Good job, guys. Uh, kudos to you. I like this voice you're putting But, I hate to say it, but uh, a lot of us over here are thinking... Kind of sounds like you're trying to develop mind control. Yeah, and the government would not want that at all. <clears throat> not not to be made by someone that is not controlled by them. Yeah, MK Ultra much. And so they were like, all right, you guys, uh, you kind of overstepped this one. And they forced the Phoenix Project to disband uh-huh. in 1969. Okay, no, n- nice year to disband. So this is after World War II. Oh yeah, this is well into this is like into Vietnam. Is, yeah, and so yeah, they're, they're doing MK Ultra at this point. Mm-hmm. So if anything, the Congress is probably like, mind control. Yeah, what why are you trying? Why are you guys looking into that? that would, I mean, why that is anyone never, looking into that? That would never <laughs> uh, be a thing. Oof, uh, take that over to Soviet Russia. But yeah, so I mean, they force him to disband. Oh, good and. You know, all the scientists that were on the Phoenix Project was yeah. like, well, fuck, man. We've <sighs> literally been working on this technology for, like, almost 20 years now. Yeah, 30 years. From the 40s to 1969? No, I'm saying that the Phoenix Project, which was started in the very late 40s oh. and didn't officially become a thing until the early 50s when they added the other scientists. Almost 20 years, yeah. Exactly. It was exactly. it was effectively like 18 and a half years. Oh, man, it was almost ready to vote. And so they were like, well, you know, we worked on this tech for about 20 years. Uh, why don't we just go find funding elsewhere? Yeah. And so if, they- uh, If mom's not going to help me, maybe daddy will. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, as luck would have it, uh, the military. Nice. The military course. was like, hey, guys, we would love, 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 love to have you guys keep developing this stuff. Just we want to use it. Yeah, man. And we they're just like, wanna, like, they're like, sure. Hey, as long as you're going to fund us and give us a place to work, like we're OK with it. 
Um, and Typical so spineless scientists. Yeah, I mean, scientists are just all about their equipment. You know, they're yeah, very, they're, they're like, very. Uh, well, no, I, I material. Know, I, I know how they feel. Yeah, but so, <laughs> so uh, you know, they they got together with the with our armed forces, and uh, thank you for your service. They they got set up. They set up the scientists at a uh, a place called um, the Montauk Air Force Base, which is located at Fort Hero on Montauk Point. Which is part of Long Island. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now the reason they went there, because there was there were multiple reasons. Number yeah. one, they wanted to be heroes. No, no, that had nothing to do. We with We could be heroes. It's funny because you know they, I mean they they like they do so many jokes with the naming of of other things, and as soon as they get the four hero, they're like, yeah, that's not us. No, and we're not going to name anything stupid. Uh, what, or silly. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. This is Operation ABC. Well, so damn it, that kind of sounds kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, guys, the first three steps. That's why we're calling it that. But so they so they went up to Fort Hero and they were they were stationed at Montauk Point. Yeah. Uh, for two reasons. Number one is because Montauk Air Force Base, cool name, is listed and still listed to this day. Oh. As the fact that the U.S. Air Force has claimed that that base was decommissioned. Mm. Effectively, no one was supposed to be there. Yeah. It was just just like locked up. No one was using it. Nothing was happening there. But it had this big radar, and the radar is called a Sage radar system. Now, even in the early seventies, like by like nineteen seventy one, yeah, this radar is completely obsolete. Like nobody fucking needs to use it. It's like too big, too small, way too big. Oh, it's way too big, and it scans and pumps out very low frequencies. We don't want, we want high frequencies. We exactly. And so the reason that they chose this place was not only because it was decommissioned and so they could be secretive. Yeah. But they found out that they could turn, they could convert a Sage radar into a radio sound. Are you fucking kidding me? No. And it was like literally because of the like pulse rate and the uh the the uh the wavelength that it pumps out uh-huh. and the amount that they can manipulate it. It was easily converted into a radio sound. No, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's but so they like started they planned it from the beginning. Oh, if they had, they would have done so much better. If yeah, they were, this if is they were like at, forever. Yeah, it literally took like four, like forty years from the beginning to yeah. when they got here. It was pretty stupid. Um, but so they started testing uh, with their radio sound, um, and they were using a very specific variable range of micro and radio waves which they would point at a specific room mm-hmm. on the base they would, they would point the the radar at this room on the base where they would put a test subject all right and they found that not only could they make a person laugh or cry or be angry or be sleepy what they also found that there was a side effect a huge you know, boner a light side effect <laughs> a light side effect yeah <laughs> Uh, and that was that the uh, entire base was having their mood changed. Oh, boy, this is crazy. Like, Not just the one person they were focusing on. Yeah, so they all had their mood rings on, and they would all change to a different color. Yeah, it was like a fucking strobe light on it's their like, ring. Oh, no. But so My uh, mood is different. My, I was yellow. Now I'm green. <laughs> Red. Blue. What the hell? So now, so now, they, uh, now that they found they could affect mood, they actually started trying to fine-tune affecting thoughts yeah 
And um, interesting. You know, they would try to change the amps and the rate to mm-hmm. match up with different biological functions. And it allowed them to actually control what the person thought and did. Now, how did they control like the frequencies to what people would be thinking or feeling? Well, so they actually... So it's like happiness is 12 frequencies, sadness is two. It was literally, I, I hate to say it, Uh-oh. it was all trial and error. Oh my God, this because, is crazy. Because here's the thing, right? Now, this is something to point out. It's super unhealthy yeah. to fucking bathe a person. In waves. In massive amounts of not only microwave radiation. No, that's really bad. But radio waves, like intense radio waves directly on them. And yeah. so most of their test subjects were literally baked from the inside. Yeah, because they had microwaves. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like people, I mean, they're, they would have internal burns on their lungs. They would have damage in their brain. And after like way too many trials, I mean like almost two years of trials, they uh, they found out. That, you know, when they point the radar at the subject, yeah. they burn them. Oh, what? When they point the radar a years to find 100, that 180 degrees. Okay, away from So them? it's pointing directly away from them. It still will affect them, but it won't burn them. Oh, so you point the fire in the sky. Exactly. Oh, exactly. And the blowback is what is still affecting them. Oh, but. Um, what about the plane that's flying that you didn't see? Oh, they don't care about that. Are you kidding Burning me? the plane down. Just wait till I go on to when they actually start the Montauk project. Because, I mean, this is almost the Montauk project, but it's not fully the Montauk yeah, project. This is the, this is the pre-Montauk project. That's like, this is, uh, honestly, this at in 1973, Yeah, this is when it officially became the Montauk project. Now, obviously, it was never Good officially year. named that. It still was actually technically Phoenix Project Part 2. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, they're nerdy scientists. That's, they don't know so good lame. naming. That's so lame. But in, Never name it Part 2. Come on. In popular culture and in, uh, and in uh, conspiracy realms, it has been coined the Montauk Project. Yeah. In the same way that it was the Philadelphia Experiment. It's literally just naming after where the fuck it happened. No, yeah, I get that. And so... In 1973 is when it really started being the Montauk Project. Okay. So in 1973, this is when the Montauk Project really started to kind of uh, show its true colors, some would say. So green and red? No, probably green and gray. Ooh. I mean, it's Montauk, Long Island. Have you ever been yeah. to Long Island? No. It's fucking I, gross. I've never been to Long Island. Long Island is where they literally used to dump all the trash in all the boroughs before they found out that New Jersey has great dumping sites. <laughs> um, but so in 1973, you know, the scientists, they, they, they got kind of squirrely. Yeah. They, uh, they wanted to see what would happen when they tested their findings on large groups of people. And Seems so, like a good ex. Uh, uh, ex uh, oh God! Seems like a good escalation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> because they were working with the army, they were like, "Hey, why don't you send a couple of uh, guys that are on leave? A couple of, uh, you know, a couple of those a couple uh, of sailors." Yeah. No, they they straight up told had the army send units to uh, Montauk Point to Fort Hero. Yeah. For quote unquote 
rest and relaxation. Oh, that's on really, on yeah. the base. Well, that's really re- relaxing. Uh, radio waves and microwaves being beamed into your head. Yeah, and they didn't tell him any about it. And so they, <laughs> you don't so, tell they so they invited it. the people over for rest and relaxation, and yeah. they were fucking testing on Some them. R&R. The, the scientists actually did this, they did the same thing on people living in, like, on Long Island. They did it, like, to, like, the local populace. Um, and they also did it to uh, different towns across the tri-state area. So they were doing it to certain towns in New Jersey, some in New York, some in, like, Rhode Island and Connecticut. Your tax dollars at work. Yeah. And so they were trying to build up a database Ooh. of what pulse settings caused what effect and mm. what was the result. Okay. And all through right. this testing, they found that they could actually I sh- they found out they could increase the crime rate of an area. They could incite violence Uh-oh. in people and go. they could cause mass panic among animals. Uh, they just actually among the animals? Well, you know how like when like a certain like, when, when like out. an earthquake is coming, like yeah. all the birds flee. They could literally just like make all the birds flee from the oh, spot. Yeah. You know, like get the hell out of make it get, very ominous, you know. Yeah, they're gonna protect a lot of statues. And uh, in they Long also Island. they also found out, and I believe this is kind of the predecessor to the EMP, the electromagnetic pulse. Oh, but they found out they figured out a way to actually disable a vehicle by using this technology to burn out all the electrical functions of the vehicle. Of the interesting, vehicle. interesting. Not a lot of electronical parts back in uh, the seventies in cars. Eh, I mean, you not always like, have not like, like it is today. Not like it is today, but I mean, you always had some electric. Like electrical components. I mean, you have to spark the gasoline. True. I don't know if that has anything to do with the car, though. The battery. Well, the, ba- the battery is to help turn over the engine. Oh, get, yeah, yeah. To get it true. running and sparking the gasoline. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. now, I know this is crazy. No, this all sounds but so No, 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 no. I'm saying this. Oh. After all that fucking testing... No, oh, there's more? This is when the Montauk project starts to get wild. What? Wait, wild? Yeah. Wild wasteland. Ooh, watch out. So, this is in like late 1973. Okay. Uh, there was a company called the ITT Worldwide Communications Corporation. Should have named it TIT. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. But so, uh, now, I mean, a lot of people were... As a little bit of a backstory, a lot of people were very confused as to where the funding came for the Montauk Project. It came from the military, you said. Well, some, if not majority of it did. Yeah. But they're scientists. You know, they run through resources. And so they, (sighs) there's actual claims that there was a, uh, there was a certain family that funded them. Oh. Kind of like the Koch brothers, but uh, I can't remember. The Roth child. It's like the camps or something like that. Okay. But they owned ITT Worldwide Communications Corporation. Oh. The company that made this technology for the project. Also, there's, you know, there's claims of Nazis and Nazi gold being well, involved. Because yeah, why Nazi not? Gold, yeah. um, the guy's name is Reich. But so the ITT Worldwide Communications Corp built a device for the scientists at Montauk in Montauk, mm-hmm. uh, which would translate the electromagnetic field that a person put out. Yeah. Into a visible format. And now hippy-dippy fucks will call this an aura. Oh, chakras. Nah, you know, like auras. Yeah. Like when someone says, oh, I can see your aura. It's so indigo. It's so <laughs> purple. It's so orange, you know? Yeah, you're an indigo child, yeah. Yeah, the indigo children were like, what, middle 80s to just before 1990? Yeah. 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 Um, But so 
this device they made would allow you to see that aura in a visible format. That's crazy. Um, and now no one knows really kind of what technology they used to make that chair or who discovered it or how the fuck they made it. And so obviously everyone says that it was aliens. Oh, yeah. I thought you, that's where you were going. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, eh, I always hate to use aliens as a crutch. It's the same way that fucking stoners use the D.A.R.E. program as a crutch. You know, yeah, it's like, like uh, any bad movie. It's like, oh, you'd enjoy it more if you were high. Yeah, it's like, nah. That's it's just too much of a movie. crutch. So, I mean, uh, well, I get it. I mean, we did pillage a lot of the Nazis' research, which supposedly they had contact with aliens. Of course they did. The Foo Fighters. God, I love the Foo Fighters. Um, but so, the scientists realized that the mind-reading device could actually be... And it's crazy that it took them this long to fucking figure this out. No, yeah. But they figured out, they were like, hey, if we're using this device to read their minds... We turn it into William Shatner. Can't we control their minds as well? Bum, bum, bum. And they're like, oh, wow, well, yeah. And so they hooked it up to a series of uh, of like IBM computers. Oh, no, yeah, of course. And, and these electric coils, and they connect it to the SAGE radar system, oh, which at this time is a radio sound. Okay. Um, and this officially became named the Montauk Chair. Mm-hmm. It looks now, like a goddamn we, electric chair. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Do we, have, we know we what material this chair is made out of? Does it got a good? Does it got a good seat in it? Cushion? No, no cushion. No cushion? No cushion. Because you have to be grounded, otherwise you get destroyed with the electromagnetic energy. You're gonna your feet touch the floor. Yeah, but they want you grounded onto the chair. I don't. Think which would be through your butt and your back, but. Um, so that man can be the a Montauk, comfortable is all I'm saying. Well, the Montauk chair officially came online in 1974. Okay, one year later. Yeah, that's how long it took them to build this fucking thing. Oof. Um, <laughs> Just a little, a few pieces of wood. So while they were using the chair, they were trying all these different kinds of experiments because the chair allowed them to do crazy things. Yeah, no, I can get that. Mind control. Aliens. Well, yeah, but remember what we were talking about with the fact that they have the Earth reference point? Right. Right, the Earth the Earth reference point. They found a way, using the Montauk chair, mm-hmm. to create a light burst of electromagnetic pulses to mimic an Earth reference point. Oh. So that they could send people through space and time and not have them lose their fucking minds. This is... This is the Philadelphia Project ex- experiment uh, realized. Effectively, yeah. yeah. And so they not only were testing out, you know, time travel, traveling through space and time, yeah. more space than time, uh, but they also were testing to see if they could render a human invisible. Uh-oh. Of course, everyone always wants to make people invisible. I know. It's because like the lamest. That's like the lamest thing. It really is. Because, like, like, clothing fucks you over. Well, that and we live in buildings. Like, not only do you have to be invisible, but you have to also be a perfect cat burglar or whatever. Like, like imagine right here in this room. We've got two doors. Yeah, if one of the doors open, it would be very yeah. sus- suspect. Um, <laughs> Invisibility is like the stupidest superpower that you can have. Well, what's the best superpower you can have? Uh, unlimited life. False. You can just live forever. Yeah, I would say that... Unlimited youth, that's the one. I would say telekinesis. 
No, you you want you want to know what people are thinking about you all the time? No, I want to be I want to be able to manipulate objects in my mind. Oh, you mean yeah, telekinesis. Yeah. Cuz like what what superpower can't you accomplish with telekinesis? I've been watching Heroes Reborn lately. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Is it like flight? Yeah, flight is pretty lame. Yeah, but if you have telekinesis, you can fucking pick yourself up and move yourself through the air. Or you can pull a static know. shock and pick up a sewer grate right underneath you and just move yourself on it. <laughs> that was a terrible fucking cartoon. Oh, it was such a good cartoon. <laughs> okay, so either way, they uh, they built the Montauk chair. Right, we're at the Montauk chair. They experimented with it for ye- like at least a year oh before they had any kind of breakthrough. Yeah, it's just a piece of wood. But the, like but the breakthrough they had was not very good. Oh, they God, found out happened? that they were experiencing these things that they were calling time glitches. Uh-oh. And now, basically, when they would try to transmit the thoughts, because at this point, they were basically trying to transmit thoughts long range. Yeah, no, I get that. They were trying to transmit a man's thoughts from a Montauk chair in Montauk Point to a subject in Arizona. They okay. were trying to put the guy's thoughts that was in Long Island, they were trying to put his thoughts in that person's head in Arizona. This is in 1974? Yeah. They have the phone! I know, but they want... They just call. They're trying to influence minds, man. Influence minds. Yeah, but these all the way out in Arizona, that's a different time zone. I know, but so what they found with these time glitches was effectively when they were sending the thoughts, they were creating like a separate reality from our own. What the fuck? The same way that happened when they made an electromagnetic bottle. No, I get that. But so they're sending it through this electromagnetic pulse that is creating its own reality yeah so when it comes back into our reality it caused a big disruption like circuits would fry and oh okay All right. it wasn't like people would like blow up it would, that'd be pretty cool that'd like be some, awesome like scanners that'd be like, sick the head just explodes like yeah he got the message all right <laughs> message was you're gonna die oh my god that'd, Bam! Be, that'd be awesome uh but so in 1976 uh, they created. Oh man, the, this is we're just th- going along here. This I know. Is crazy. So what? So, so in the last like two years, were they just sending back and forth? Yeah, they're trying to figure shit? out. They're trying to figure out how to how to beat the like beat out the time glitches. Beat the Russians. But so they they created the second generation of the Montauk chair, which there are these things called Delta time coils or DT coils, and that when they implemented those into the chair along with the rest of the electromagnetic coils and the uh, radio sound being yeah. attached. That was when they found they could create the desired field of energy, which would shield the chair from outside interferences. No, I get that. So it would stop all the time glitches. Okay. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. What and was so the shield made out of? Electromagnetic waves. Did you say that? No, but oh. it's, I, mean, I thought it was pretty... Well, I, I don't uh, know. I, I mean, they're, they're I was ma- actually kind of lost. Well, so they they make an electromagnetic field, like a like a bottle. Okay. To send all of it through. Oh, all right. Basically, they 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 just kind of figured out how to instead of sending it from the bottle through to a different person. Yeah. They made basically made it so they sent the bottle with it. Ah, like a message in a bottle. There's a lot of bottles going on in this. I know they really like bottles. This is weird. But so, so like, is it like a Faraday cage? Like a, mm, like a bunch of less so, 
l- less of a Faraday cage and okay. more of like what you'd think of of Frankenstein's lab. Oh man, that sounds awesome! You know, like the giant towers and the giant coils going to the one chair, and but like everyone has bell bottoms and like. And there's one guy running around with a hunch. Yeah, yeah. it's like who who let that guy? Who in, let man? the hump back in? What an asshole! This is crazy, dude. Well, what's really crazy? Oh, what's going on? Is that with this second generation of the uh, the Montauk chair? Yeah, chair 2.0. Sure, they um they found a guy. Okay. There's the guy. Now. Alien. It's always been thought, because, I mean, with evolutionary theory, right? Yeah. Each human should be developing something lightly to help them in the evolutionary chain. Yeah, if, if evolution was, like, a straight line and not, like, random like it is. Well, yes and no. I mean, you'd still develop things that your body would believe would help it with evolution and carry on the genes. Yeah. Your body's never going to be like, yeah, we really want to survive. Let's make something stupid. <laughs> like, Well, I think uh, we've actually kind of uh, went beyond evolution because now you can just fuck anybody now. Like, it's not like, oh, I want to fuck this person because they've got a bigger booty. I mean, but you think that we're done evolving now that more and more and more people are becoming allergic to fucking gluten? Yeah, that seems like a, a big back step. Yeah, I feel like that's us evolving our dietary... <laughs> Restrictions. It's really uh, us evolving okay. how Autism we Autism is an evolutionary jump. I get it. It is. Oh, my God. What's going Truly, on? it is. I mean, I'm sorry to say, because some people think of autism as the worst thing in the world, but it is evolution at work. Tell that to the people that bang their head into the wall. Okay, I will. All right. Well, find they're doing find it. me one. Find me a fucking support group. I will tell them all that they are part of this evolutionary plan to make humans better species. However... There's a man named Duncan Cameron. Okay. And he's the next evolution. Duncan Cameron was a very powerful psychic. Ooh. There have what been... What card is in my hand? That Yeah, that kind of psychic. Like, when they do those tests, he would get, like, 98% of them correct. Mm. That's... Honestly, I'm not even kidding. That's how science measures psychic ability, is I have a deck of shapes that you have not seen... That have been randomly selected. I think we all saw Ghostbusters, okay? And you can, I'll pick up a card and you yeah. tell me what is on my side. What do you think? What, what, what oh, is it's a it? square. Oh, it's a star. Oh, it's a rectangle. Oh, it's a rhombus. You're like, Whoa. That's way too many guesses, okay? I know. You only get the one. Well, you were throwing up cards like they're fucking, you know, well, I, was, I ones thought at that a you were club. psychic 98%. I'm not. Duncan Cameron is. Oh, Cameron is. Duncan this, Cameron, yes. What's this guy doing? So he was actually uh, trained. With the Montauk chair. Interesting. So he's a psychic with the chair. And so he was trained. It, it never fully leaked whether it was the NSA or the FBI that he was actually a part of. Yeah. But one of the major agencies brought him on and then took him to the Montauk, to the Montauk project to what they called reach an altered form of consciousness. Okay. And so up to this point, Every single experiment with the Montauk chair V2 yeah. used this one man. Oh, that's crazy. Did he just get, do a bunch of drugs? No. Just getting really high? No, it was a lot of like meditation and just like fucking 
hours of just masturbate, just just sitting in the chair, seriously jerking and then, off in and the then chair. putting him into this mind state while he's in the chair uh-huh. for him to kind of you know develop his brain to understand how to manipulate that mind state. Yeah. Um. And so after about a year of testing and training, his brain, he was able to control his brain enough to suppress his conscious mind. Okay. I can't even fathom that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so your mind has two states of being, right? Yeah. Conscious and unconscious. Yeah. Conscious are things like taking a drink of water when you're thirsty. Oh, I love drinking water. Uh, speaking oh, is I a like conscious thought, right? Yeah. But pumping your blood through your body is done by your unconscious brain. No, I do that. Of course you do, but you don't have to think pump. Pump, pump, pump. I'm just pump, constantly pump, thinking about pump. pumping. Well, if you're thinking about pumping, how are you thinking about breathing? Pump, pump, pump it up. How are you thinking about digesting? How are you thinking about salivating? Well, you don't. Yeah, you, you don't know. Your unconscious mind is what's running all of these bodily functions. Okay. While you don't think about it. So he shuts his brain off. He shuts off the part that he controls. Okay. And he accesses. The unconscious mind. Or oh my what, God, that sounds like a lot of work. Or what the gurus in India would call the mind's eye or the oh. third eye. I think they would say it a little bit differently. No. Yeah, come on. No, probably not. They would call it the third eye or the mind's eye. The mind's eye. Oh, there you go. I was waiting for the Apu. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> the but, third eye. But so he actually, Duncan trained himself to use his mind's eye, his unconscious yeah. brain. The third eye in the forehead. To be able to focus and visualize uh-huh. an object, like a tennis ball or oh. an orange oh, or I... a fucking plane. How about a glass of water? Because he's kind of thirsty. He sounds thirsty. Even a glass of water. That's crazy. And he would visualize it, and through channeling his now trained and developed brain yeah, and the Montauk chair that he was in, he was able to literally create a solid object by visualizing it in his mind. That's interesting. It's like The Secret. You ever read that book, The Secret? No. It's like, uh, dream it and it will happen. So this guy was like The Secret. Kind of, but it's more like... He would close his eyes and put out his hand and think very specifically about yeah, he was a, a very ripe Florida orange, and then oh, yeah. in his hand would be a ripe Florida orange that From you could Florida? fucking eat. So, like, when he thinks about these things, do they pop out from wherever he's thinking about them, and then they now, magically it, get to his hand? It depends. Um, when he first started doing it, because uh, like, it took a couple of years of testing to get this to actually work. Oh, yeah, I get that. Um what would happen, you know, they, they start with very simple objects. I'm sure they used apples. Mm. They're, they're right. I don't like apples. I don't either, but they're very readily accessible, and it's a very easy visual. Ah, that's true. It's something that, like, everyone fucking knows what it looks like, you know? Yeah. I could draw you an apple right now. I'm sure it would look terrible in the bottom. No, I'll draw dumb. the apple right now. All right, but I'll either way. It. I'm going to draw the apple. He, uh, while, while he was training, um, he would be able to visualize something. And um, that's a cherry. What? That's a cherry. No, it's it's not. Ra- that's an apple. That's very round with a longer stem. 
That's cherry. No, like it's got a little, it's round, it's got a stem, and it's got one leaf on it. Yeah, that's a fucking cherry. No, come on. Listen, draw another line off of that and then another circle and tell me those aren't cherries. Wait, what? Another line in a circle. Either way, either way. Um, so when he when he first started, he uh, no this this is a, that's a grape now. He could only uh, you know when he would visualize something, they would they would find it somewhere. Basically, it would be like a blurry version. Oh. Say he was thinking of like this flashlight right in front of us. Right? Oh uh, yeah, I love this flashlight. When he was doing it, there were teams of scientists that went out as spotters to run around the base and try and find the object he was thinking about. Oh, because, it was probably in his room. Well, because when he was. When he was untrained, he like, you know, he couldn't really focus it. He couldn't pick where to place the object. Yeah. And the object was never fully solid. Oh, what? It so would like it, it like, would like disappear when he got off the chair. It's like those guys from Philadelphia Experiment. Kind of. Oh, but after years of training, he actually developed the ability <laughs> to be able to create a solid object that would stay solid and real when he stopped visualizing it. It's solid. And he could place it wherever he wanted. That's crazy. So he could think about a nuclear bomb, place it up George Washington's ass. Because he, he could go through the past, right? No? I mean, it was never really said that Duncan Cameron was one of the ones that was practicing the time travel. Yeah. Oh, what's that one? Are we what? going to talk about Project Time Travel? Oh, Project... No, there's no Project Time Travel. Oh, all of what? It, all of it ends at Montauk. Oh, wait, are we at the end? Uh, we're at... Almost. Oh, what the fuck? We're almost at the end, I know. This is so Very short. sad. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. So. All right. So he's able to visualize these things, but they're not tur- turn out good. But now he's somehow able to make them turn out good after he leaves the chair. Yeah. Solid. So I mean, so Duncan Cameron, he um. Not only was actually able to um, to like create objects that were physical. Yeah. Um. God, he was actually. You know the reason that he that they used him besides the fact that he was a powerful psychic. Cool name. Uh, I I actually I forgot to mention this. I'm so sorry. Oh, we we're just getting new information in from yeah. from Wikipedia. It's not Wikipedia. Um, it's it's actually my individual research. <laughs> uh, Duncan was actually a sailor aboard the Eldridge. Wow, during, that's what I thought during the Philadelphia experiment. That's what, yeah. I was, that's what I said earlier. Yeah, interesting. And uh, they claimed that the Philadelphia experiment actually resulted in him being catapulted forward in time. Boom, boom, boom. To arrive at Montauk Base in 1983. Wow. So he just appeared. He just appeared. Yeah. What were the chances? Well. You know, he became involved in the Montauk Project and was actually bounced around a time stream and returned to 1943 in an attempt to stop the government from starting it all. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he has a very confusing life. He really does. 
Is he still alive? No. no oh, he died. of course. Yeah, we can't interview him. We could try. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, his... Yeah, he had a couple kids. They were born in, like, the 50s. Um. So, this is actually... This is insane. Uh-oh, what happened? So, uh... Dr. John von Neumann, right? Yeah. So the man who was behind uh, a lot of the aspects of the Montauk project um, actually informed uh, Duncan and his, his, uh, his friend, his friend Edward, who was also one of the, the sailors on board with him. He informed them that he had actually been waiting for those two to appear and that they needed to return to 1943. Right. Turn off the generators and stop and end the experiment from being conducted on the Eldridge. He's also like, Hey, and uh, when you go back there, uh, tell me not to marry my first wife. What a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I remember they made a movie about this. Uh, the Philadelphia experiment where two guys go in the future and one guy dies. But so just before the Eldridge actually returned to its proper place in the time stream, Duncan went back through time uh, and returned to Montauk in 1983. It's unknown why he did it, although uh, it is suggested that you know he may have actually been programmed to do it, kind of like right. MK Ultra ish Or he made a wrong turn at Albuquerque. And then once he was in 1983 for good, uh, he actually found himself kind of cut out of his own time stream. Yeah. And he started aging. Oh, instantly? Like insanely fast. Oh, man. He began to die. He began to die from uh, effects of extreme aging. And so the scientists at Montauk actually managed to save Duncan by transferring his mind, what they called the signature of his mind, to a new body. And now the new body was obtained through the help of of Duncan Cameron Sr., the father of Duncan Cameron, the one we know of. Wow. And his brother, Edward. Oh, well, that's that's interesting. Whose body did they put him into? His father's? Uh, no, they actually... <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. They, um, Dad, you have a bigger dick than I do. Basically, they, they went back in time to 1947 and informed... Duncan Cameron Sr. Oh, my God. This is getting really confusing. I know. I know. They informed his dad, Duncan Cameron's dad. Yeah. That in order to save his son's life in the future, he had to have a second kid. Whoa. <laughs> and so... um, You got to save my life in the future, so you have to have another kid so we can sacrifice it. Yeah. I mean, almost effectively. Yeah, because that kid's probably going to be worse than me. But so uh, in like 1951, yeah. the second Duncan Cameron Jr. was born. Oh, wow. And in 1963, when Duncan was 12, the Montauk scientists actually transferred the Duncan who was aging extremely fast and was dying, they transferred his mind into the 12-year-old's body. This is crazy. Yeah. And so meanwhile, the, uh, Edward actually had remained on the ship. In the stream? Yeah, in 1943. Okay. Edward remained on the Eldridge. Oh, okay. 
And um, basically, he was trying to run another test where they would activate the Eldritch from like a buoy. Okay. To kind of view it. Um, no, I get that. Yeah. And uh, he really, he kind of disappeared. Oh, man. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, he had a naval career afterwards. But he kind of like fell off the charts because he became involved in a number of experiments dealing with free energy vehicles and oh. other devices. Um, and I'm sure he got killed. Yeah. Because uh, Edwards, it says, Edwards' final fate may have been even more bizarre than his brother's. He was apparently put through a series of age regression procedures that reduced uh-huh. him to the age of a small infant. So Benjamin Button. Oh my God, what the fuck? Uh, and then he and was... And then they just stepped on him. Well, and then he was sent to live with the... Uh, Bialik family oh. and replace their baby boy who had recently died. What's going on with all these replacing kids? And so they he had the given name Al uh, Bialik. Sorry, Bialik. Uh, he grew up ignorant of his entire past <laughs> and had no clue about anything that happened. Oh, and he's still alive to this day. No, no, no. Al Bialik died a long time ago. Oh, jeez. But so, in effect, the entire... Timeline of the Montauk project can be broken down to this, right? Okay. Let's sum it up for anyone who's still listening. Nikola Tesla right. lived from 1856 to 1843. Yeah. Wait, what? You know that? No, he didn't die in 1846. No, he was born in 46. Oh, okay. He died in 1943. Yeah. And he created the Tesla coils that they would use for the Philadelphia experiment. Yeah. Wilhelm Reich, Dr. Wilhelm Reich, who cre- who found Oregon Energy. Yeah, Oregon Energy. He lived from 1892 to 1957. Mm-hmm. Now, post-World War II, so the early, really during World War II, the early 40s with the first stage of Project Rainbow, in ju- late July of 43, they did the Philadelphia Experiment tests, and... um. Oddly enough, there were reportings in early August of the same year, uh, multiple, I think there were three official, they were counted, uh, sightings of UFOs Oh, over the USS Eldridge. Oh, my God. They were trying to figure out what the fuck happened to that boat. They're like, what's going on with your boat? Yeah. You need a lift? And so in August, your boat? after those three UFO sightings, there was a second test of the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, shit. And that's when Duncan Cameron Jr., the first one, yeah, and Edward Cameron are transported to 1983. Okay. All right. Octo- late October of 43 was the very last Philadelphia experiment that kind of ended Project Rainbow. Oh. The late 40s is what they consider this, the, the, the second stage of yeah. Project Rainbow, so the early stages of the Phoenix Project. Uh, that's when they combined with the Phoenix Project and they developed the radio sound in like the late 40s. Mm-hmm. 1947, Duncan Cameron Sr. was contacted about having a second kid. Okay. And then the early 50s, they merged Project Rainbow and the Phoenix Project. I hope everyone has like a pen and paper. 1951, yeah. the second Duncan Cameron Jr. is born. Oh, thank God. In 1952, oh my God. sorry, 
Sorry, sorry, 62. Oh, all right. Yeah, 62. I was about to say, you're going to go year by year now? Yeah, no, sorry, 1962. Uh, there was a big <sighs> report about supposedly there were men that landed on Mars. Uh, but we'll skip that. Yeah, that's probably not true. It, it really wasn't. Uh, 1963, the first Duncan Cameron was placed into the second Duncan Cameron Jr.'s body. Right, because... So 1963, that happened. Yeah. In 1967, Project oh. Phoenix was complete. By 69, they were ordered to disband. In 71, they started forming Phoenix 2 yeah. with the Montauk Project. 73, they started doing their experiments with mood alteration and mind control. 74, they created the first Montauk chair. Uh, yeah, okay. 76... They created the second uh, Montauk chair. Wait, uh, I seventy six. Yeah, don't write it down. I got you. No, I I'm nineteen seventy seven. Oh Jesus! They uh, were able to create those solid objects using the mind. Right? Also, uh, aliens. What came out? Or no, Alien came out nineteen seventy six. This is seventy seven. We're talking about. Oh shit! Okay, Sorry. yeah, that was that was the year before. Yeah. 1979 is when they supposedly experimented with time travel to go back and make a second Duncan Cameron Jr. Yeah, and uh, Video Killed the Radio Star was on, was on all the charts. <laughs> uh, 1979 to 1980, they actually installed uh, what's called the Orion Delta T antenna. Oh, yeah. Is that... This is this is like the the, the continuation. Okay. All right. Um, nineteen eighty to eighty one, they calibrated all their new equipment and were using it to do further travels with time travel. Uh huh. I mean, experiments with time travel. Uh, from eighty one to eighty three, they experienced they uh explored the manipulation of time streams. Supposedly, between eighty two and eighty three, they actually explored Mars. Yeah. Because they had the ability to transfer, transport someone through time and space. Um, August 12th, 1983 was the last major experiment of the Montauk Project. Oh, whew. It was a time tunnel that was created back to August 12th, 1943. Where it all starts over again. Now scroll back up. Where Duncan released uh, what's called the Beast from the Id. What? The Id? The id is part of your mind. Okay, but what was the beast from the id? The beast. It's like a, his, all of his animalistic instincts. And really, because of that, they had to disband the project. <laughs> that it, Really, it's... It was it's, that one, and all the dead sailors are just lying around. Yeah. But so... Um, flaming corpse. In, in the, 1984. Okay. About half a year after they disbanded the project... Um, a specialized unit of the Navy called the Black Berets, not the Green Berets. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're like the Black Ops version of the Green yeah, Berets. Yeah, no, I get it. They uh, they actually purged the Montauk Air Force Base. Oh, okay. Uh, by the late eight, by late of the year of 84, they removed basically all of the equipment from Montauk Air Force Base and used cement to seal off underground areas of the base. And since then, it has been abandoned. Oh, they love the Navy loves their cement. This is a crazy story, huh? This is uh this is a lot of fun. This is a good you did a lot of great research here. Yeah, I mean, so here's one other fun little fact. They uh supposedly and we won't find out for a little while. Uh oh. But uh 
supposedly um, we will find out by 2180. Okay. They they supposedly just kind of like wildly just sent people into the future. Oh, okay. Literally between they, the, the estimated number is between three and ten thousand people were sent think, to different I think years. Missed ten thousand people. Not really. Yeah. Well, I think well, I think someone would miss them. Okay. Okay. Do you know how many people are in the Chicago land area? Yeah, but if you took nine out- million. Yeah, and seven hundred of them get murdered every year, and, and a lot is, of people miss them. This is Long Island, aka <laughs> nobody gives the sphincter of New York City. Okay, all right, okay. I guess no one's gonna miss ten thousand people just randomly missing. No, but so they supposedly sent those people to different dates. Twenty one eighty between twenty one eighty and twenty two eighty. Ah, oh, jeez. And then. Here's the craziest fucking thing. So, obviously, people believe Nazis were involved. Of course, yeah. Because there was... One of the last things that came out about the Montauk Project mm-hmm. was that one of the German scientists... Oh, boy, here we go. Operation Paperclip. ...sent Aryan children... Yeah. ...through time... Uh-oh. ...to find a ruined city... That Atlantis. supposedly had a golden horse statue in the middle, and to grab the golden horse statue and to bring it back to our time, so we could study what the gold was made of. He sent that those people. Really lame. He sent those fucking kids to the year sixty thirty-seven, six thousand thirty-seven. Okay, let me just think real quick. Yeah, it's two thousand nineteen. Right. And he sent them four thousand plus years into the future. <laughs> Someone really believed in a. Ooh, the Nazi party, huh? Well, that's crazy. That's uh it's an interesting story, huh? Yeah, man. I love the stuff. I mean a lot of twists and turns. That's the that's the thing, you know. I mean, a lot of like what people believe the Illuminati has the power to do, a lot of what people believe the US government has the power to do. Yeah. All was created between Project Rainbow, the Phoenix Project. And the Montauk Project. Yeah, from 1940 to 1984, there was a huge leap in technology. America went from pretty much just a nobody to a superpower. And and you wonder why. Now, could, you, don't, now you don't have to wonder. Could be disappearing ships and uh, flaming sailors, but, uh, you know, it could be anything else. But uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been Wild Wasteland. Yeah, I'm so sorry to have barraged you with all that uh, really kind of... Uh, Dull information. Yeah, it's kind of a nerd dump, but you know whatever. It really was, but you know, I mean, you gotta know these things, you know. Yeah. I mean, because no, I can't educate yourself. I can't be going on about you know Oregon Energy if I didn't tell you what the fuck it was and who found it and how big of a laughing stock they yeah, were. You Dean know? will be posting. A, if you didn't get all that information, Dean will be posting a comprehensive list of all those dates on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, go like our Facebook page. It's at Wild Podcast. Um, yeah, we were a little on. We were a little late to get that wild wasteland. Ah, uh, uh, you know it happens. We got something close enough. However, uh, we do have a great kick-ass MySpace page uh, that Pharrell and uh, Justin Timberlake have actually personally signed. Yes, because uh, we make music and they own MySpace. <coughs> now that sounds like a conspiracy. It's not. They bought MySpace when it was insanely cheap to try and make it into a music sharing platform. Either way, hey, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. I truly love you.
I don't. Go fuck uh, yourself. Okay, okay, okay. Don't be rude to our guests. Bye. They're in our living room, man.